Welcome to another episode of Be Now. This is the show where nothing needs to happen because this moment is enough. <laughs> My name is Arya. I'm sitting down with Penny Percival. Hi. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. We've just done a day's work. And it's always nice to know that the day's work is out of the way and uh, we've got whatever we've got to look forward to. Mm-hmm, this mm. evening, it's more work. That's right. Okay, <laughs> you got more work coming up. Yeah. yeah. So we just had a full day at, uh, at, at Tronda and yeah, got to correct. see the classes. Yeah. yeah, but you know, you've got to make that money, right? That's right, right. And this is, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to just have an impact and make money. It's, it's a great balance here. Yes, this job especially, uh, it was amusing the other day because there were some new teachers discussing in the uh, social group we have for teachers saying, wow, this job's amazing. And another teacher was like, wow, have you had some love pills? Because it is actually... Yeah, that was me. Yeah. Because it really, it really is a great job. The kids are really um, easy to work with and you know impressionable in all the right ways um so yeah we do enjoy this there is a lot of balance yeah so how long you been in china now in Chengdu. in Chengdu, i've been uh two and a half years it will be three years in may but i've been in china in total for almost five years i came in february 2015. Mm-hmm. So time has passed and I still speak no Chinese. Okay. <laughs> Apart from very basic survival level. Yeah. yeah sufficient. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting in and out of the groove of the practice as well. I don't know whether I should be ashamed or incredibly proud of the fact that <laughs> I don't speak any Chinese other than Jizo, Yogwai, Zogwai, Tingbutong, Kambutong, and I can count as well. Nice. But uh, you so, know, so what inspired you to come to China? So many things inspired me to come to China. Um, when I was, I think, thirteen, um, my aunt, who lives in Jersey in the Channel Islands, if anyone's heard of that place, it's very small. Um, I was very close to her, and she started studying Tai Chi. She then progressed and went on to become uh, a Tai Chi Grandmaster and she was the only Tai Chi Grandmaster in the Channel Islands and she had to come to China every year to like renew her, her commitment and renew her work and work with her master um, and she had a love affair with China um, and so yeah um, she she inspired me to come here mm. quite a lot um and when i was a child i've got older siblings and my oldest brother was studying a lot of chinese philosophy and i read a little book about taoism um god when i was like 19 or something mm. um and he works a lot with the I Ching. Um, and we use runes, I don't know if they're particularly Chinese, but they're kind of like Eastern in philosophy. So there was there was a lot that kind of tied um, me as a person and kind of like my family to, to China, or kind of drew me mm. to China. Um, and it's growing, you know, like life for me is about growth. Mm. And everything that I do is something that enables me to grow. 
you know i do my best to avoid making limiting choices and things that are not going to enable growth and you know i'm from uh, the uk and that's been in hideous recession for such a long time and china's just continued to grow you know mm. it's been growing um as a nation in terms of the population although be it slowly um, and financially it's been growing you know and the people here are focused on growth mm. so mm. so many reasons to come to china so mm. many things drew me here mm. focused on growth so so tai chi and and taoism mm -hmm. and growth mm. well. yeah. yeah i don't practice tai chi and i don't mm. live by mm. the principle mm. of taoism mm. exactly the glue but, of the relationship you know, that inspired you yeah? exactly mm. that's right yeah yeah, yeah. So speaking of which, uh, something that's uh, so we've kind of gotten to know each other through has been uh, open mic events uh -huh. and, and there's a poetry slam coming up. Yes. And you're organizing it? Or? So, yes. Yeah, so it's, it's um, organized by Spittoon. So people might be familiar with Spittoon events um, that have been hosted uh, for a couple of years at the Bookworm. And sadly, the Bookworm closed back. Uh, gosh, I think in December of last year. So Spittoon had to go on the road. Um, now Spittoon as a collective, we organize a lot of different events. Um, our main events are the, the poetry uh, night that happens once a month and the fiction night that happens once a month, as well as a writing circle that happens weekly. Now, in addition to that, um we put on special events so the 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 poetry nights and the fiction nights have recently been hosted at flip flop uh, which is a fantastic rooftop space near chunchy Lu. um the writing circle venues change i think um uh, but the special events that we put on we put on an excellent um night of collaborative music and poetry back in january and that was called spit tunes and we did that at berlin house berlin house was packed i've mm, never seen yeah. berlin house so packed yeah. um, and that was so much fun we mm. will be putting on another spit tunes in i think december of this year um and back in may we hosted our first slam uh and if People are not familiar with what a poetry slam is. Yeah, what is that? It is basically, it's a competition. Now, you get a number of poets who come and share their work on the stage. Uh, we have some judges, and they score their work. And if they're successful, they go through to round two, and they need a new piece of work. Every poet is limited to three minutes and they cannot use any props. Mm. So it's just themselves. And they should have the poem memorized. So it's mm. quite nerve wracking for people who've not taken part before. Uh, I took part in the last slam and I got through to round two and that was enough for me. Um, this slam I'll be hosting along with a Chinese host. So if anyone isn't fluent in english and they want to come along i believe all of the poems are in english but we will have a chinese host to at least introduce um the poets uh, and i think he'll probably share one or two of his own 
pieces and we've got a nice little um uh like a little puzzle for people that everyone can take part in and um, we'll be having a, a small kind of freestyle competition yeah. where people can um we're giving people the chance to improvise mm. and come up with something on the spot and that's gonna be just for audience participation that is just for fun cool cool so, yeah. so the last one, uh, Wenwen was the winner, yeah? He was, So yes. shout out to Wenwen. Yeah, indeed. Big up to Wenwen. Yeah. And win-win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Wenwen was a win-win. Wenwen, yeah. <laughs> and uh, is, is he's going to be, uh, is he going in for this one? He is a judge this ah, time okay. around. So um, Wenwen and Annie will be um, the judges. Um, but we've also got some great, prizes i'm just checking who our sponsors are um we'll be working we'll be having being sponsored by harry's wizard kitchen um we've also got we're also looking to work with a couple of other companies that haven't cool. quite confirmed nice. but also jen the beautiful um fitness guru is going to be offering some some prize as well so they will be confirmed later in the week but we do have prizes for our for our poets so awesome. it's gonna be a fun night we're at a new venue this time so um this time the slam is gonna be at a venue called deep alley which is in the heart of wide and narrow alleys mm -hmm. um, but if anyone wants to buy tickets i think there's a qr code somewhere that they yeah, can the um yeah that they can scan and the directions of how to get to to deep alley are there and we've also if anyone is in the spittoon group on wechat then the, uh, the the details are in there. And if you want to search for that, it's spittoon at Chengdu. That is the WeChat ID of our group. Yeah. So Yeah. So what's been, uh, yeah, like what I love about, one of the things I love about Chengdu is all these like creative events. People are really like just drawn together with, with these cool ideas and it's inspiring. Mm. What's What's been, uh, yeah, one thing I'm interested in is like, yeah, you know, we all have gone through these journeys that naturally draw us together, right? So what's been your journey with, with poetry or with, you, you like to read fiction as well. So mm. what's been yeah, your artistic journey, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating because when I was a child, I used to love to write stories. And I used to write these stories that would go on forever and ever and never really reach a conclusion because I was about six and I didn't really know how to write. Um, and then there was a point where I kind of, decided to stop writing stories and I don't know what triggered that I wrote my first poem when I was about 10 and I've had a phase of writing poems like I did the usual kind of angsty things when I was a teenager and then in my early 20s and they were all angst ridden they were all you know a way of me expressing some deep emotion usually some frustration or broken heartedness um, or anger at the world and then I got to a point when I was, I don't know, in my early 20s where I thought, I can't be bothered expressing myself this way anymore. I think I got tired of my own angst. Um, and then gradually, because we're, as a family, we're quite poetic. If ever we have a gathering, we'll write poems. I'm, I'm come, from, come from quite a big clan. I'm the youngest of seven children. Um, and we all can write a, a poem or two. And even my mother would write poems. 
and my father didn't used to write so much but he would recite other people's monologues so we've always had this kind of poetical sort of performance bent going on in the family um, and then recently I, I when I was living in Brighton I always used to attend the poetry nights there'd be a poetry slam every month I never took part and I think I was a bit intimidated because the poetry scene in Brighton is just too cool for school you know if you don't have a certain look and a certain vernacular and presence then you know you feel not part of their kind of clique mm. you know it's like that mm. um Chengdu is not like that at all um and it was it's more open here yeah. it's incredibly open here it's very welcoming and people are very supportive of each other's art here and each other's creativity so I think when I came to China really I started getting back into writing short stories and poems um, but I was in Dalian for two years and that doesn't have a creative scene and I came to Chengdu specifically to be part of the creative scene here mm -hmm. because I knew that Chengdu had this awesome um, vibe about it yeah. and it really does I mean the things many things I love about Chengdu but one of the main things is just the underground creative vibe you know I come from Manchester and that as a city has a really rich underground scene um, and that is what what feeds the creative juice and keeps those creative juices flowing so really you know although I say I wrote my first poem when I was 10 and I did and I entered my first poetry slam when I was like 20 I was like 20, 23, 24, 25, I don't remember, but um, I kind of had a, a quite a long period where I didn't really write, and I wasn't... Um, do, do you remember your first poem? It was about Christmas, I and it was it was really kind of angst-ridden, and it was the only, the only, the only lines I remember are, the meaning of Christmas is lost in their greed. They buy their kids stuff they really don't need. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was cynical even then. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I had this long period where I just didn't feel connected to my creativity. And, you know, I wasn't, uh, I, I would say I wasn't whole or complete or even really happy as a person. I was functioning, you know, on, on a low kind of ebb. And I was, I feel denying and suppressing my creativity. At that time and people would say to me some you know oh what's your how are you artistic and I'd say oh no I'm not artistic no 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 I'm not artistic and now I mean I have completely turned that on its head because you know I feel very connected to my creativity mm. speaking of that how do you stay inspired oh, staying inspired I think that is a lot to do with being in the moment mm. and appreciating what you see around you um, I get I, I'm inspired like when I'm in Chengdu I'm inspired a lot by my students my students are awesome you know I love watching that process I love mm. facilitating learning mm. and I love seeing that process I'm inspired by a lot of what is around me because Chengdu I feel is because of this creativity because of this 
energy that's around you know we've got so much yeah. street art you know and there's like so many great nights out and um, there's mm. so much other stuff going on you know like comedy there's dance and drama and they there's musicals you know there's so much happening in Chengdu um, so I find it easy to stay inspired here by appreciating everything that's going on and also just you know taking a minute to like understand the process of now you know being self-reflective because I can't help that I, that is who I am I'm constantly self-analyzing and you know moving away from being critical you know self-critique is different from self-criticism you know and as I go through my journey of life I'm learning how to be a lot more gentle with mm, myself mm. Um, the difference between critique and criticism that is a huge thing a lot of people I mean, self-judgment is like a societal, like, thing that's stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not helpful. Mm. It's not helpful. You know, if you, you know, many of us are teachers. And if you look, if you've ever um, criticized a student or witnessed a student being criticized, they curl up, they go into a ball, they retreat, and they then cannot learn. And so, you know, I think as teachers, part of what we're really aware of is making sure that we... Yeah, we create that space where it's nurturing Mm. and it's non-critical and we reassure them it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah, so they can... Because you can't learn if you don't make mistakes. And I tell this to my students and I'm just learning to apply this to myself in the fullest way. Mm. You know, because if you criticize yourself then you're not going to learn and you're not going to grow and yeah. you're just going to be a bit hurt you know you know i love what you just said uh the process of now mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes you say certain things and it's just like it sinks in for me talk talk to us about that <laughs> <laughs> well the process of now because it's ongoing the process of now is now because we have nothing but now you know, we. I was talking to somebody the other day about you know, the future and how to change the future. And it's like, but you you do that by changing now. Mm-hmm. If you want to change the future, you have to change now because the future comes out of now. We only have now. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have any other moment because it's, it, it was the past and the future, when it comes, will be now. And it, it's really simple and it sounds really glib and it sounds like, you know, maybe some guru sitting in the lotus position saying, well, you know, we only have the now. But from listening to these kinds of gurus and other people around me, I've really been able to get on board with that and appreciate that. Because, you know, thinking about like, for example, worrying, you know, worry. Mm. What is worry? Well, when you analyze what you're doing when you worry, you are visualizing something that hasn't yet happened mm. in a negative way. Mm. And it's making you feel bad. Mm. Right? And this is a really destructive process that most of us are rooted in because the outside world wants us to worry because it keeps us connected to all the negative things that keep Mm. us consuming shit 
and working hard. And often it's just a habit. It's not even a choice at some point anymore. It's just a habit that's just self-run. And so turning that habit into a moment of a pause and then into a choice is powerful. Absolutely. Yes, it is indeed. Right on. So this has been uh, quite a fruitful conversation. Good. In the process of now. Good. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. Thank you. Right on.